Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, I'm hosting tonight, and I'm joined as usual by Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. Yeah, hello. Hey there. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, the civility and the politics and whatnot. I think we're going to focus tonight primarily on one of those... Uh, uh, staples of election season, especially as the day itself be, uh, draws nigh, uh, which is quite simply uh, debates and how candidates actually square off in one of the rare joint media appearances they do. Uh, but before we get to that, I do, as always, want to say that we'd love to hear from our listeners, and we hope you'll get in touch with us and let us know what you like or don't like about the show, uh, or ask us questions, or uh, tell us which is the best captain of a starship on uh, Star Trek. I mean, it's Benjamin Sisko, but, you know, go ahead and offer up your own opinion if you dis- whether you agree or not. Sisko, yeah. Ben Chainway, then... Um... I really got to go with Michael nice. Barnum as number two, but anyway, but we're 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 I've gotten us off track already. Freeman, as is my oh okay yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, you can tweet at Civil Politics FM or Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio or. Contact at civilpoliticsradio.com is the email. Uh, and that, of course, also is our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, which has recordings of previous episodes of the show and supplemental episodes and other good stuff like that. So please do reach out to us because I don't know, I'm lonely. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's been an, uh, uh, an interesting uh, uh, week. Um, it, it, it's something that I have hasn't seemed to have gotten like a ton of news coverage, but I thought was, uh, you know, certainly noteworthy is uh, that this week uh, the uh, United States and Russia have both been holding their annual nuclear weapons uh, war games drills. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's oh. apparently. Uh, uh, Oh no! For, for the people, <laughs> for the people in the know, there's been some some extra sort of knuckle biting going on. <laughs> yeah, but apparently, for the uh, that's led to the uh, secretaries of defense of both nations to be uh, on the phone with each other in ways that they haven't been for months, just to be like, we're not doing anything. This is just our routine trial, right? You cool? Da da. We cool. You cool? You know, so on. So, um, it's a good thing. It it is a good thing. Um, I, uh, I, one of the things that we haven't talked about for some time is the war in, in Ukraine. And, uh, I've certainly had many discussions with people very earnestly online and so forth about, uh, uh, what we should be doing about the Ukraine war and what our, the U S strategy is or should be and so on and so forth. And, I just um, – in some ways, I really haven't felt like it's worth for us to talk about on this show just because in the end, it's going to be up to 
it's it's really going to come down to uh, their fortunes on the battlefield. And everything I'm seeing suggests that in the end, I think the I think Ukraine will win. And you know, uh, it's just you know, we just got to keep supporting them until they do. But pretty much, yeah. There's know. not much we can talk about because it's just, yep, there is a war. Yeah. So yeah, but it's. More importantly, the uh, the midterms. If Kevin McCarthy becomes Speaker of the House, he's already threatened to pull the plug on some of that stuff. So, in oh, some boy. ways, our our role as a country is uh, well, it at is stake in the midterms. It, it it is important uh, for you know re- for the Republican Party as much as any other political organization to deliver to their donors and supporters. So yeah, I can see why he's uh, very concerned about making sure about reducing our support for Ukraine. You know that's um, you know that's just good retail politics. Uh, so um, appease appeasement. You know yeah. here we go. Yeah, I you know that that's a cheap shot on my part. I freely admit it, but. Um, mm-hmm. It, it well, is. I'm a peace, peace through strength person, so I don't like it one bit. Even as a Republican, I don't like it one bit. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I one of the interesting uh, things is um, I'm, I, I, there's a people who went to my college. There's a discussion, political discussion forum, people who went to Kenyon College that I'm part of. And uh, there are a couple of, uh, you know, solid neocons on there. And People who were like, no, the Iraq war is a great idea. You know, President Bush did the right thing by invading. And they're just like, you know, what are you know, like, oh, you guys are all anti-war when it's the Republicans invading a country. But now that we're backing Ukraine, you're, you know, suddenly you're pro-war, you hypocrites. And it's just I don't know. It's 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 a thing that's been 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 striking me is, you know, like like not seeing the difference between. Let's invade another country and let's support another country that's being invaded. You know, like I I'm I'm glad fewer American soldiers were killed, uh, you know, absolutely 100 percent. But I kind of wish there had been a nation that was that had supported Iraq in fighting us off in the same way that we're helping the Ukrainians fight off the Russians, because what we did in Iraq in 2000, you know, four and five and onwards is just as wrong as what Russia has done. You know, even if we weren't overtly planning to annex and we, you know, aren't still there anymore, like we did a lot of damage and we did it with just as thin a justification. So, well, yeah, that means we're still the best. We did, we did the, a lot of damage, really good at it. Yeah. Well, sure. USA. <laughs> I, I, USA. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the um, saddest parts is the looting and what we happened to their culture, given that we were basically holding everybody hostage while looters yeah. and things yeah. happened. Yeah, we we didn't. If you're going to do that job, you got to do it 100 percent. I think it was Colin Powell that said, you know, you do that. You you broke it. You want it. You have to fix it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There, there's there's so, so much what, about that that's wrong. But it's just it's a thing that that's been 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 sticking with me. And, uh, yeah, just, well, just Putin yeah. is definitely destroying, trying to destroy the Ukraine. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. what they're with the drones that they have and what they're hitting. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, um, well, you know, the ability to destroy is the ability to control. 
Well, in 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 one formulation, anyways. Yeah, that's uh, God. Is that uh, Frank Herbert and Dune? I think you know. That's uh, <laughs> Paul Muad'Dib saying like, "I will, you know, I'm willing to destroy the spice, and I can. That's why I must be emperor of the galaxy now." <laughs> Since you brought up Dune, I have to tell you, there's a new device that's better than air conditioning that they're working yeah. on um, is still in the formative stages, but it's two devices together for your house. Um, one of them sort of dehumidifies and the other cools. And um, th- I, I liken it to a still suit huh. in uh, Dune and it's not on the market. They're just beginning to work it all out, but it's way more efficient than, you know, our air conditioners just blast energy to get it done. And they have, you know, Freon and all that. So it's really, it's manipulating water. It's pretty cool. So we'll see if it actually comes to market. But And I like was I said, wondering I how you were going to do that. Like where, like you were talking about air suit. conditioning. I was like, how is this dude? Oh, good job. Oh, still <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's a long week and it's only, you know, <laughs> but yeah. It's, Coming it's soon cool. from we'll Wadib Industries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the bank is there. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. This is. Uh, I I realize this has been a bit of a tangent, but it's a thing that I I've been thinking about. Like there are a lot of political stories, or another one. Um, another thing that I think I don't know, think we're gonna talk about too much, but just wow, uh, the turnover uh, at the head of the British government. Uh, you know, Liz Truss out after only forty five days as prime minister, the shortest tenure really since the office of prime minister was created. Uh, in the uh, 18th century is extraordinary. Um, and the second shortest, that didn't bad? he die in office? She, she did, yes. The next shortest was, was she over, the almost economy, three times as she? long, and, and he died in office. Yes. Yes, she did. Huh. And and yeah, she tanked right. she tanked the economy or she certainly materially and immediately damaged uh, the, you know, the financial structure of the British government and and their their economy uh, through uh, a plan that was basically like, you know, old school Thatcher stuff you know it's like well we'll cut taxes and and give and and give more money to rich people and it'll all work out and you know the I think she duplicated the, Trump's policies and you know why yeah. did they work in this country enough um and he they, didn't get run out of office well i guess you can't actually they have a different they, system than we they, do they have a different system uh Trump's policies didn't really work i mean they didn't utterly utterly fail but eh. Um, and also, um, the economy it of juice, the, it juiced the economy, uh, a little bit, you know, but, um, it the, the stock market. Yeah, really. The, well, and more to the point, the United Kingdom policies actually helped boost minimum wage because nobody could get workers. It's, it's sort of a backhanded way that it worked, but it, it did help boost yeah. the minimum wage it's sort of, I mean, like I said, not, what? not the way to do it, but. In, in, interesting. Oh. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me, the minimum let me wage hasn't again. changed. Well, I'm it's not talking about the federal minimum wage. Yeah, no, I'm I'm talking about the the um the it's I won't call it prevailing wage because that's actually a union term, but it it boosted people at the lower end of the scale because nobody could get farm workers and you couldn't get people to work in hotels on Martha's Vineyard, and so the wages went up for folks. 
the the so it, de facto it, minimum wage, like saying like, yes, we'll pay minimum wage and you couldn't get anybody. So the labor market, anybody. the labor but, market tightened so that people had to offer more. I, uh, yeah, I suppose more because of the pandemic. I, I was going to say, I think that's more because of the pandemic. And that's actually. Well, do, you, do you remember well, when they had to open the uh, immigration portals yeah. a little bit because Trump couldn't get people for his hotel? That was before the pandemic <laughs> happened. It was that first two years. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, so this, yeah. that's actually. Anyway, and that's actually connects to a big part of the reason why uh, Ms. Truss got uh, had to sort of step down so abruptly in the United Kingdom is um, their economy, uh, their their economic growth is definitely slowing uh, uh, because of Brexit, you know, because it's harder for them to uh, invest and grow businesses because they don't have access to that, you know, the world's largest single market the way they did only a couple of years ago. Um, and on top of that, they have an additional problem, and it's it's centered around immigration, namely that currently they're close to full employment in the UK. There aren't too oh, many people. Yeah, they have been for this whole year. There aren't too many people uh, looking for work, you know, who are able to work, who want to work, who don't have jobs. It's there, there's there's very little slack in the economy there. They're getting to the point where it's like people who are disabled or, or retired or otherwise can't work are the only ones who aren't employed. And what that means is they have shortfalls at things like the National Health Service and whatever and various important like transportation jobs to keep their supply chains moving and so forth. So they don't have enough people to fill those jobs. So that. Not only does that throttle economic growth, it also is going to lead to economic contraction because eventually be like, well, we can't do this and we have to, you know, uh, uh, either ship jobs elsewhere or just stop doing business because we can't find people to do this, do these jobs. And uh, so one of the, the things that, uh, you know, an obvious solution to deal with that is to bring in uh, immigrants to, to, to make that work. And the Tory party is really strongly anti-immigrant. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the financial powers that be in Britain were like, whoa, no, wait a minute. No, we can't have somebody who wants to, you know, somebody who's appointed a foreign secretary who absolutely, who, who li says she literally dreams about deporting, uh, refugees to Rwanda. Oh, cool. Yeah. Suella Breverman. So it's like, we can't, we can't be doing that. So, you know, um, that I, I think that attitude. You don't think um, the prime minister doesn't offset that, the new prime minister? Well, Rishi Sunak, well, we'll see how Rishi yeah. Sunak wants to do things differently. You know, he's just been appointed. We'll see how things go now that there's somebody he's new in first, charge. First generation, generation immigrant and... He, um, he, he is. He's also he went to all the good schools. <laughs> yeah. Also, his family has more money than the royal family. So we'll see how much of a difference that really makes. But um, sometimes that happens with immigrants. It's very interesting. Yeah. The thing that I thought was well, yeah. The thing I thought was 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 interesting. And the reason why I was inspired by this is an article I shared with with you guys just yesterday from the Atlantic. Oh, the that comparison pointed, yep. that pointed out that you know there are major problems with the political system in the United States and in the UK right now, and in part that's because our governments work differently. But they pointed out, like the article pointed out, the interesting Reserve thing: currency is our yeah, strength. Sure, but they pointed out the interesting thing that 
Ms. Truss had to step down as prime minister after only 45 days because her poll numbers, her approval ratings uh, with the populace were abysmally bad. Like she was at minus 70 percent unfavorable rating in the UK and Vladimir Putin's at minus 74. So that's how unpopular she was. And the person who wrote in the article in The Atlantic pointed out like Donald Trump, like he still got 30 percent of the American people who think he's OK, even at the, even at his lowest ebb, you know. So he, he was never like you know, maybe 70% overall hated him, but he was only ever at minus 40. You know, he never had, he was never at minus 70. And uh, our political differences in the United States are more firmly entrenched uh, than they are in the UK. And uh, seats in our legislature are overall less competitive than those in the UK as well. And I think that's, Certainly, you know the U- quite UK has an un- unenrolled percent because I was listening to. Um, let's see if I can find. This. I forget what their unenrolled percent is, but also they have, you know, they have two very major parties, but they have a number of other parties that have significant clout: uh, the Liberal Democrats, so 40- the Scottish National Party. Uh, Plaid Cymru from Wales, uh, the Democratic Ulster Unionist Party in Northern Ireland. Like they have parties that have clout that are outside of the the Tories and the labor. Well, 42 percent of USA voters are unaffiliated. I thought it was just Massachusetts. There was a piece uh, with Rhonda Colvin. She's a reporter for The Washington Post. Um, In Nevada, one in three are unaffiliated. North Carolina, lots of people moving in. But 42 percent of USA voters are unaffiliated with any party. Hmm? I mean, that's amazing to me. And that, I, you know, I those don't... are people that people switch back and forth and go places and, you know, depending on what state you're in. But that's that's a big number. Well, here's the thing. Um, I didn't become I didn't decide that I was going to start, you know, registering as a Democrat and actually send some money to the party. Until oof, after Obama's second term, really, like in the lead up to 2016, you know, just because the difference between, you know, the difference between like uh, Hillary Clinton and oh, my God, Donald Trump, you know, like Hillary was, you know, uh, uh, Hillary was a cold baked potato <laughs> with with stale broccoli and cheese. It's like, oh, that's not really that great. But I mean, you know, it is nutritious and it's got some filling. Eat and whatnot. it up, it's not bad. <laughs> right. But well, like that was going to happen. But, um, you know, but the contrast between that and what Mr. Trump was offering was just, you know, astonishing. And I'm like, I, I have to, you know, I have to really get more, more involved and more active and, and register, you know, like, uh, because the 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 difference has become so stark, but really it's it's become it's become um, well, and this can get back to uh, the, us. We wanted to talk about debates um, because I did actually have looked at a few debates um, 
genre has been watching a ton of them and we should talk about that. But like to me, uh, I thought there was nothing more sort of indicative than actually a, a, a short debate that I watched uh, earlier today on YouTube between uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Marcus Flowers, who's the man challenging her. Uh, he's the Democratic nominee for her seat. I think it's the Georgia 14th Congressional Georgia District. Georgia 14th, that's correct. Right. So Yeah, I missed that debate. I bet it was interesting. I mean, it's I, on the online. <laughs> yeah. It's I'll watch have to watch, it. I guess it, I'll have to watch it. I haven't watched the governor's <laughs> race in, in mass yet, so I'm falling down here on my job. God, what are you but, guys doing? So, but she, <laughs> I was watching – I'm Michigan. I've been watching some of them, Rubio versus Demers. Yeah, I've been watching some. But I miss the but, governor's you know, race I, here. I, I don't really know much of anything about Mr. Flowers. You know, he's a he's a he's a African-American man. He's got a little mustache. His head is uh, shaved or bald. I don't know. But like, you know, uh, he's he's got a shiny paid up top uh, and he you know, he speaks in, you know, measured, complete sentences. And he made some sensible points in the debate about uh, investing in um you know, in the district and uh, that it's important to protect our democracy. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was just spouting uh, slogans about Antifa and Democrat Joe Biden and, uh, uh, you know, uh election fraud and her husband's got in got got the evidence you know she can show you you know her husband's got the evidence and i'm just you know like there's there's no discussing this really like either people are like yeah okay sure i believe that or or not but she's continuing to cling to something that is just not true that is you know that that if it were true, it would be a very serious and 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 an important thing to talk about. But it's not true, so it's just nonsense. It's blather, and you know the 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 debate moderators weren't like, yeah, but uh, Congresswoman Green, those are lies. That's not true. That's just nonsense. And just the whole, you know, like That's not there's their job. Well, it kind of could be their job and maybe should be their job, but it just, there's no, you know, it's, it's hard to have any kind of a discussion when one person is there to talk about, to, to present however good or bad their ideas are about things that are actually happening and problems that we actually have to deal with versus someone who just wants to talk slogans about like, Oh, uh, defund the police and Antifa and Democrat Joe, but you know, like. So you're saying you didn't like the debate? I'm saying I didn't. I I don't really know that it's a debate. You know, like in the same way that if I were to start having a discussion with someone who I don't know, someone maybe maybe let's say someone named Ye, for example, who wants to explain to me how it's the Jews who are responsible for everything and what we need to do is go to DEFCON three. You know, I'm like, okay, but that's nonsense. That's just a horrible lie and you're you're crazy and wrong. Um you know, like I you know, there's there's I don't there's there's no I, discussion to have there. So I don't think that you're really approaching political and one they're political debates they're not they're not specifically they're not these not are in, de, 
that like, I'm not interested in like, you know, oh, debate, you know, following, you know, formal rules or whatever. But as a public spectacle, it's it's as a public event where you can look at the two candidates. I'm like, I don't I don't I. Yeah. How is this a, a, a thing? Did How you know this- anything about Flowers before you watched the debate? Nope. Now you do. Yeah, he's not crazy. You also heard about his um, ideas about policy and a little uh, bit. where where he uh, wanted to focus. You heard about his um, like a little bit of his backstory and uh, his well, the- knowledge or not knowledge about the district. Sure. And the first question he was asked by uh, uh, one of the moderators was, uh, you know, like over a dozen people have run against Ms. Green in the in the previous two congressional cycles, and they've all been running with their slogan, I'm not Marjorie Taylor Greene, mm-hmm. you know, and you're not Marjorie Taylor Greene either. So what's different about you? And he's like, well, yeah, but that's not I'm Marcus Flowers. I'm not the point of my campaign isn't I'm not Marjorie Taylor Greene. The point is I am Marcus Flowers. And I think that that's good and interesting. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, that's like I'm not the I'm not my opponent is true of every political campaign. But that's not what they were asking. Yeah. Okay. They were they were asking they were talking about his vote, the focus of everybody else's campaign. They everybody else's campaign were I am not her vote against her. They weren't it would they were. The other campaigns were trying to talk about voting in the negative instead of firm, voting in the affirmative. Mm. They're saying, "Are you running as an affirmative or as a negative?" And he said, "And he said, I'm running as an affirmative." All and right. that was the Fair point enough. of the question. And a lot of the questions there, there were points where where he was making um, good points, and he was talking about policy and everything. And he was able to push back on some of the stuff that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene said. Now, if this was a more purple district, if this wasn't like so deep red that he barely had a chance, then this sort of thing would actually be helpful. Plus, like I said, you know what about him now. You know yeah. more about him now. That's the point. Hmm. That's the All point right. of debates. It's not to have a dis- it's not a discussion. It's not supposed to be a discussion. It's supposed to be a point counterpoint. And, they, and, and yeah. some, I'm sorry. Revealing of the candidates. Yeah. Exactly. Like seeing what they think, how they answer questions, how they can uh, answer, how they can rebut and, and uh, dissuade or disseminate or anything like that. It's how they, they act and how they are trying to present themselves to the public, especially for people that don't have the internet that don't, um, and can't uh, read read everything about about like their their policies and everything. Well, then I think it'll be really interesting to hear your feedback on a number of debates, including I suppose we'll start off the second half with uh, uh, sounding off on the debate between uh, Mehmet Oz and John Fetterman for the Pennsylvania Senate. Sure. Um, but right now we need to take Can a short I, break. Well, we need to take a short break, make- play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then we'll come back with whatever your point is, Sue, in just two minutes. So please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. 
Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, and we're still talking about uh, candidates debating here with uh, me, John Will Roberts, and Sue Timberlake. And, uh, oh, and before I forget, I should mention uh, we will be doing an election night special broadcast uh, here on, live on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we'll be back in the studio, and uh, I think we're starting at 9, is it? Nine o'clock. That's correct. Nine till uh, did we uh, did we say eleven or midnight or are we just sort of playing it by ear? <laughs> right now it is nine to eleven on on VFR on November eighth. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll be talking about different uh, uh, different races and predictions and everything like that. Um, I marked I marked down a lot of predictions and everything, so we'll be talking about that. And if we if it if we need to, then we can go up until midnight. Uh, but we'll we'll see about about that. But we are starting at 9 p.m. All right. I hope uh, each and every one of you listening to us will join us then. Um, and uh, we'll be recording that and we'll throw it out as a podcast at some point. Of course. For people who don't want to listen to it live. But why wouldn't you? I mean, also, honestly. we haven't had a live show in over two years. Haven't we? Well, I guess not. All right then. Yeah. So let's uh Yeah. Return of the cyst. Yeah, yeah. for one night one night only. Yeah. <laughs> one night only. One night only. I'll have to be careful. Very muffled. I'll have to be careful. Yeah, well, I'll be wearing a mask too. I'll have to be careful not to swear because you won't be able to bleep it out if I go beep. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so Sue, you uh, were about to share some interesting points before I I shuffled us off to the mid show break um, about uh, debate moderators and so forth. So please, the floor is yours. Ah, well, we were talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene, but just for a second, I want to remind mm-hmm. people where we were when Romney was running for president. And I don't know if you guys, uh, you probably Halcyon remember Candy. days of 2012. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Ca- Candy Crowley. Um, yep. She used to host State of the Union, but she was the moderator. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and she he did said something that was incorrect that Romney yep. said. She said, you're you're incorrect that Obama actually said this, not that. And yep. she she corrected him like twice and wouldn't wouldn't stop. And it and it ruined her. <laughs> She's not on the air anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were intolerant of moderators correcting people. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a crazy statement. It was just incorrect. Um, so just kind of framing that now, do we expect moderators to correct factual, you know, things that were absolutely incorrect? And then the other thing is I was listening to the chair of the um, Chamber of Commerce, you know, nationwide Chamber yeah. of Commerce organization. And uh, he's a Republican. And mm-hmm. he was saying that uh, his fear is that McCarthy wins the House by a Kevin slim McCarthy margin. McCarthy becomes the speaker, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, wins, wins, the Republicans win the House by a tiny margin. And the, uh, McCarthy will not be able to govern because he'll have the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the other, um, as the guy who was chair of the Chamber of Commerce said, you know, the other crazy people that he he will not be able to sort of um, offset or balance and that we'll have gridlock. And if the Senate's the same way, that it's really bad for the country. And I thought that's a really interesting comment because I think it is true. McCarthy is not a very skilled person. And he, you know, he's he if he wins, he'll, my prediction is that he's not going to win. I think Uh, Nancy Pelosi is going to prevail in you guys getting Democrats. But, you know, all bets are off. The polling is way off this year. So hard to know. But I just thought you'd appreciate that comment because it's, you know, he's bad for the country. Like Boehner Boehner. had to do with the the Tea Party. It's the same thing. Yeah. And and he he really didn't. He really couldn't. Yeah. Nobody can corral those people. That's the thing. I think it's this. Well, I think it's exactly the same kind of situation. Yeah. So, and I, I, yeah. I, w- I would say to you know business focused Republicans like him, it's like, well, you've got to choose between having a government that's sane or a government that is going to do, you know, that is going to vote to cut regulation and lower taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, which is more important to you, sanity or your fi- or your or your your wallet? And um, all too often, the answer seems to be the wallet. But you know. Have you ever heard that saying, you know, you know, it's you or your, your life, you know, give me your money. And, and the (laughs) Republican says, take them both. One's no good without the other. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't heard that. That's a variation on a Jack Benny bit, I think. Um, I, I, one thing I do wonder though, telling Republican circles aren't that funny. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty good. One thing I do wonder (laughs) about the Candy Crowley thing though, is I do wonder if, uh, how much of the, how much of the sort of the professional, uh, uh, penalty she's, she suffered the backlash is because it's, she's a, she, as opposed to, you know, if it had been some Walter Cronkite type, 
you know, might have been like, well, you know, he was out of line. But of course, you know, he's still he's a bro. He's still one of us. It's it's possible there there is another thing, though. Uh, Yes. She might have broken the debate rules that the both candidates agreed to. Yep. I suspect I, she I, did. I'd forgotten that. I mean, I I remember, you know, Mr. Romney said, you know, hey, you know, can you check that? You know, can you verify that? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, you know, uh, we do have a, him, you know, a quote of Actually, President Obama saying that. So if but I'm anyway. remembering that correctly, they they during that debate, I think they did have they were for a little bit. They were trying to have um, live fact checking. Uh, on a few of these debates i I forget if it was 2012 or um i don't think they really did anything 27 2016 but uh i but i but really like there were a few things about that debate uh and about her the way that she was moderating it and asking the questions that i think at least one of the campaigns probably had had an issue with um because with debates with these debates they happen because the two um camps the two parties they send representatives and they hash out who goes first who goes second what question what types of questions can be asked who stands on a podium exactly who has who Who is where yeah who gets Uh, a floor fan under their podium (laughs) yeah like uh like charlie christ um charlie quest chris yeah yeah i forget his first name um I think it's Charlie. But Democratic like, yeah. former governor of Florida who is apparently going to lose handily to uh, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, he's probably going to lose. That was a weird debate, too. But um, well, look at I didn't see Fetterman that with the um, closed caption. That's new. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys wanted to talk about Fetterman. So, um, by the way, John Fetterman is the uh, is the candidate for uh, the Senate in Pennsylvania. He's running against um Dr. Mehmet Oz. Mehmet Oz, yeah. Mehmet mm-hmm. Oz. Uh, so, and he is lieutenant governor currently. He yep. had a stroke uh, earlier this year. April, and I think. he's been, um, yeah. re- he's been healing from that. Uh, but it has given him like some aphasia and some, uh, uh, it's hard for him to string, string different words together or like get it, get what he's trying to get out. And um, to understand, and, understand. and to, to understand what people are saying to him. He's, right. He's so during that debate, yeah. they mm-hmm. both agreed to have a closed captioning on a big screen in the back so he could read yeah. what everybody was saying and read what um, Oz was uh, was responding to. And wow, that was that was that was hard to watch. Uh, Painful. It was. It, yeah, it was. um there the the thing with the thing with that debate is like there he was kind of damned if you do damned if you don't because if he didn't debate if he didn't go then Oz would be like he backed out of the debate he's not he's not fit to go and if he did go and it would, then it's a train wreck then people can say oh he's not fit to 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 run either way but you do the debate because you roll the dice maybe you do well maybe you don't but at least you have some control over the narrative um, which is a big reason why these debates debates happen as well. Um, just being able to control like the the narrative of your campaign, like what what you're trying to do and who and what you can say and and uh, you know to make sure that your side or your your version of what's going on is presented to the public. 
So what did you think of that, having watched that? And obviously, you know, you're more sympathetic to Mr. Fetterman than to Dr. Oz. But True. Um, you know. Yeah. It, it, yeah that's only because, you, you know, you don't like pseudoscience and medical quackery. So. Yeah, I have an issue with that. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it, like I said, it was it was it was the it was a roll of the dice to for him to debate, and I think it was the right decision. Um, mm. It was not; it did not go well, but at least he was able to kind of I don't know. It, it's it was it wasn't great. Um, it's it, it's actually hurt uh, some of the polling. Uh, it's been. Uh, he's it's it used to be just like yes he's probably he, it might happen down to a toss-up uh so we'll see where the polling goes after this and if anything else happens his twitter game has this has to step up now and his campaign has to step up and mm. honestly after i watched the debate i went online and uh or after like reading like some of the responses of people like what their thoughts were i went to see how senators are appointed and in and in pennsylvania they're also having governor's race and the democratic governor is going to steamroll over the over the other guy it's it's it like he's got a 10 point lead or something right now so it's the the republican candidate is is an avowed christian nationalist Jesus. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. No, he, um, yeah, he, he, he's, he has open and close ties to white supremacist militias. Wow. So. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's going to roll over him. So in Pennsylvania, if, um, it, I mean, and we don't know how much more healing that, uh, Fetterman can do like by mm. January, he might be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but if he still has issues with, um, that might prevent him from serving. And this also gets into disability issues and things like that. Like, can you be a Senator and not understand and and have like issues like speaking and everything like that? I think yes. But if he decides that he doesn't want to serve, then he can resign. And then the Pennsylvania governor can appoint Mm -hmm. a new um, Senator to serve out his term. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you know how I I watched it too, and uh, I the opening when Fetterman said instead of you know good evening, he said good night <laughs> in the first sentence, and I knew I knew it was sort of all over in terms of mm. his uh, verbal ability. But the way I listened to it, I listened to it assuming he was deaf. Mm. Because when you, you know, are around folks that have a disability, you know, you, you can understand it. And his, his cognition was fine. It was actually yeah. his word search and his, you know, yeah. ability to take something in orally. And I think that is orally, not orally. A-U-R-A-L-Y-A-L-L-Y. Yep. Yes. Well, and. And, you know, how does that work in the Senate if they're listening to debates? You know, it, it is a it is an important call, but I do think it's important that he debated. And I, I struggle with this because in another race, they're not debating. Um, it's the um, Arizona yeah. uh, governor's race. And, you know, should shouldn't the government have a role or should the public have a role in forcing people to debate? No. 
you know, should should <laughs> candidates should election? <laughs> well, shouldn't they have to show their taxes? Should they show their medical records? I think it's fine. Fetterman doesn't want to show his medical records, but I didn't feel the same way about Trump. It's weird. I felt like Trump was hiding something. Whereas I, I just, you know, it, it's a funny line, the privacy line. I think that it, that and, people should share their taxes. I don't think that they should be forced to share their medical records. Yeah. 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 I kind of feel that way like, too. What's that? Yeah, like a summary by a doctor, but you know, Trump got his doctor to say he was in perfect health. Yeah, yeah, but uh, medical stuff, there is a lot more going on personally and privately with with medical records um, that could come out that people could assume things, and uh, with taxes, your financial dealings and everything that is way more important uh, to your decision making when you're when you have power uh and and not your medical history your medical history isn't going to really govern a lot over how you're going to vote on things but your well, financial what about history Herschel walker i mean that? he's got a doesn't Herschel walker has a multiple personality disorder or something uh that, he um, i believe he he has bipolar um, he's got something more than bipolar. He's he's said it out loud. I can't think of what it is, but it's like, um, you know, where you have a personality uh, displacement. It. I'm I'm not well, using. I mean, honestly, honestly, terms. it doesn't matter. Honestly, like if he can do the job, then that that's one thing. I've actually been really annoyed about um, people that are you know dunking on him, which he deserves for many reasons, uh, but saying that, like, oh, he's this mentally ill person. It's like, a lot of people are mentally ill, and they don't have to deal. It's like making fun of his weight. You know? Yeah, but this is one of them that, one of them that they've been mentioning, I think it's dissociative. I think he's dissociative. It's that you, it's something that would actually pertain to being able to follow a conversation and be consistent. It's it's a little more depth and you know, uh, I mean, there's a million mental illnesses. Yeah, but did, did, does that that means that does that mean he it'll happen when he's not medicated and when he's not under treatment or not? Yeah, I I don't think that one um, is controlled by treatment. It's also it's sort of like being a sociopath, you know that it's a different it's or there are lots or a of high functioning sociopaths and pedophilia is not not something anything like here well i let's be clear i i would just point out that um this is that's uh um that's uh psychotic and schizophrenic and she's a wonderful lawyer but you know some of those are not treated by you know they're not handled by treatment it makes you very dysfunctional well i i I would i would point out that um if it's disclosed, I mean, people don't necessarily need to see all the specific details of Mr. Fetterman's um, medical situation, but they know he had a stroke and they understand like the, the general, you know, assuming that there aren't lying that, that you know, they aren't people aren't being told lies as long as it's like I had a stroke. Prognosis is good. I'm making a good recovery. You know, I mean, of course, they want to say that. But so long as it's true, um, yeah. I don't know that we need to see all the 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 details of his of his medical history 
And uh, again, whatever else one wishes to say, it is a germane uh, uh, area of concern for voters to say, does he have the, the physical and mental capacity to do this job, uh, whether it's about Mr. Fetterman or uh, Mr. Walker uh, in Georgia? And I would I would just say um, people can look at Herschel Walker and decide whether or not they think he is sufficiently compost mentis to do the job. And whatever, you know, issues he may have because of uh, uh, some kind of neurological disorder or damage that he, you know, brain damage he suffered playing football, because that is a thing that can happen. Um, I don't know. But I, I think it gets back to uh, that that central problem uh, that I have with all too many people in the candidates for the Republican Party is they're just like, well, the election was stolen and, uh, you know, uh, we've got to protect kids from being, you know, surgically mutilated, uh, you know, in children's hospitals. And it's like none of that's happening. Like the election wasn't stolen. They don't operate on kids because the kids say they're trans. Like none of that actually happens. You know, Jews don't actually secretly control the world. Like, you know, like, like you don't have to be lasers. Yeah, that's also not true. Um, (laughs) So what are you getting at here? My point is like it, it like the issue is less, you know, does someone have like, oh, they're they have chronic depression or they're schizophrenic it's like do they believe nonsense are they trying to act on nonsense and you know marjorie taylor green and uh 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 mehmet oz and herschel walker uh in their various ways are acting on nonsense you know or mr dr oz has a whole career of you know using his medical credentials to push actively dangerous and certainly worthless medical treatments on people like this is a magic you know this is the magic bullet for weight loss or whatever like no it isn't you know this is nonsense you're just well, are, cashing are out. you are you guys arguing that if they're truly delusional that or if they're just lying because they know it'll get them elected you know that you could see that in a debate and therefore people can judge without any sort of behind the scene i would hope so records. anyways my yeah. uh, my point with this is that uh, if you if someone has some sort of um, impairment, then that will come out in their debates, in their public uh, appearances, and disclosures that they have. But there are a lot of people that deal with different uh, impairments, physical and mental, that are just fine. Yep, have no relation. I have depression and bipolar and I'm disabled, but you wouldn't really know, hopefully, like when I'm in public or when I'm doing this show. Like that's so if I wanted like if someone wanted to run for office and they were dealing with major depression, if they were getting treatment or if they were functional enough to do the job, then that's the only that's the only thing to to worry about their delusions or their beliefs that's part of their political strategy that's that's what they believe yeah you know that's you can't really like if you think it's nonsense and it and a lot of what they say is but that's 
other people that think that the same the same thing they have now they have a representative in government that that believes what they believe it's dangerous and horrible but that's the way it works to back up 20 years the problem i had with george w bush wasn't that he had a history of drug uh you know of cocaine and alcohol use you know and had you know duis and whatnot you know it's not that that was a thing in his past you know, my concerns were like, I don't get the vibe that he's actually really dealing with these in an effective and, and, and mature way. I'm worried that like there's something else going on. And, you know, obviously lots of voters disagreed, but I certainly didn't see that, you know, I, I you know, like, yeah, I, you know, I used to drink too much and I used to, you know, abuse cocaine. Yeah. OK. But are you doing it now? And I didn't entirely believe him when he said, no, I am not. But, you know, if I had believed him, I'd be like, well, then there's no issue, you know, like. Do you guys remember Eagleton who ran with McGovern? You're probably too young to remember. No. You mean when I was two years old? No, I don't remember that. (laughs) Well, in the way back. I've read about it. I don't know. I've heard of Terry Eagleton. He was, he was, something was wrong with him, but I don't remember what. Yeah. Bullwinkle and, um. Rocky, um, in the Wayback Machine, he got he. It was a big That's issue. That's Sherman and Mr. Peabody, been, isn't it? <laughs> he'd been treated for he he'd been treated for depression, and that was like this huge disclosure. It was sort of like when Kitty oh, Dukakis yeah, was right. discovered yeah, she had been treated replaced. for, for yeah. drugs. Yeah, and you know we've gotten a lot more sophisticated, and but I do still think there are things that can. Um, disqualify you for office. And I agree with you, a debate is, you know, and pressure and campaigns that go on for a long time, a lot of things are revealed. You really get to know sometimes who the who the person is, you know, who they really are, because they're under stress, especially our presidential campaigns. You, you get a really good sense of, you know, the monsters that we run for office. But some things don't come out and I, I'm not too sure what you do with that, except for that's that's how we do it. Is that you just you you should debate, you should be out, people should ask you questions, and um, you know just be put under scrutiny. I worry about presidents that don't do press conferences, for example, because you really don't get a sense if they're running on all their cylinders. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair point. I mean, uh, that's so yeah, you, that's one of the points of debates. And but this is this entire election. Um, process is job interview and what they present what people present to to a prospective employer is not who they are completely and this these jobs are very important and they carry a lot of responsibility which is why you know like i say uh we should see what they say online we should see what what their financials are we should see like how they act in public um but that's also why I say, like, you shouldn't dig into someone's medical records because just because something says just because they have a condition um, that might affect the work doesn't mean that it will. And there's nothing they can do about it except get treatment. And if they are yeah. getting treatment, then they can do the job. Yeah. You know, like with financial stuff, that's greed. They could do something about that, but that is more something that you can legislate around. Well, certainly I want to, I could be financing them. 
Russia could be financing like, them, and and or we could be financing them. We could just have yeah. you know public public uh, finance selections. That's something that we could do easily. Well, but, I th- you know whatever. I also, me. I also like one of my disappointments with uh, my party controlling Congress and the White House right now is they decided to shelve the measure that would keep members of Congress from buying stocks. Yeah, and the the evidence is really clear. People from both parties, including important ones in the Democratic Party, have been lining their pockets on inside knowledge for years, and it sucks. Last question. I know stop. we're going to the end here, but so yeah. do you guys, you do think that um, Hobbs should have debated um, Lake in Arizona? I, I don't know. Probably, but I, I don't know enough about the particulars. Maybe there's some very good reason why she isn't. I don't know. There is, but there's not enough time to talk about it now. All right. Well, maybe we'll next supplemental time. it or something. <laughs> yeah. Or next time. Yeah. Anyway, we do have the music. So uh, thank you, uh, guys. This i I, I enjoyed our conversation tonight. Thank you. So anyway, that's going to do it for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we've got a podcast of this show dropping out uh, tomorrow morning, Saturday, uh, for you to listen to at your discretion. And we have a repeat broadcast Monday at 4 p.m. So listen to us all over again. That'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.